on this edition of the Cubs Talk Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. Tim Stevens, Gordon Wittenmeyer, and I talk about the latest comments from Rob Manfred before the two sides get back to the bargaining table. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With Cubs checking, you'll score a Cubs debit card so you can show your support every time you pay. Open today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Talk. $100 required to open. Member FDIC. Let's play two. Welcome into the Cubs Talk Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. Gordon Wittenmeyer, Tim Stebbins, Tony Gill at the controls. I'm David Kaplan. All right, gentlemen, there's going to be another bargaining session. We're talking on Thursday late in the day, Saturday. The two sides, baseball and the MLBPA Players Association, supposed to get together. On Thursday, Rob Manfred did say we do have a deal on having the full-time DH in both leagues and that we don't expect to have to have draft pick compensation. If you sign a free agent Saturday, we are assuming Gordon Tim that he's going to say spring training's not starting on time because we would have seen pitchers and catchers reporting this weekend. So where are we any closer? I don't think we're any closer at all. I'm, I, in fact, I'm getting kind of sick of this shit, and, and nothing that Manfred said on Thursday made me feel any different than that, um, especially from the owner's standpoint, because the, the stuff that he characterized as progress, whether it's the draft pick compensation, whether it's the DH, isn't really – those are red herrings. Those, those are so small in the scheme of the big-picture core economic issues um, that it, it, he might as well not even said it. Um, so – Honestly, I don't think we're any farther than we were down the road. I think uh, I expected on Thursday, as he met with the media, for him to acknowledge uh, that spring training was going to get pushed back. And he didn't. Uh, He he basically put that off to Saturday, suggesting that once they make their counterproposal to the union, they'll know more on that. Uh, If we don't see significant progress, then it's a foregone conclusion that they will announce that spring training will be pushed back. And if anything, the if anything, the big news was that he said based on 2020 uh, experiences, three weeks is not enough time to get ready for a season. The injury data proved that, if nothing else, and that the owner's position is that they would need roughly at least four weeks 
which makes uh, a pretty hard deadline on the end of the month for getting anything done. So, Tim, are you optimistic at all? Rob Manfred didn't say there's a difference. He didn't say I'm optimistic we'll have a deal. He said I'm an optimist. Yeah, well, I'm an optimist too, but I, I'm optimistic we're not going to have a start of a season. Yeah, well, that makes one of us, Cap. Huh? And I said that makes one of us. Well, you and I are on the same page. I don't think we're starting on opening day. Do you? Right. No. Tim? Well, he. I'll, I'll give I'll, – no, I'm not going to say that. I'll say this much. <laughs> Manfred acknowledged the obvious. He said as far as this industry goes and the adverse reaction that would come is that losing games, you know, if you – because of a delay to the actual season, the regular season would be disastrous. He called it, which we all know. We've we everyone can say that. Like you already have people that are uh, upset that they're locked out this long, you know, among fans and media and whatnot. So if if you lost games, it would be disastrous. So he said that much. Um, I'm really interested to see what happens Saturday because, as Gordon said, he said it's going to be a a good faith positive proposal, and then he reiterated it's a good proposal, but. Uh, I'm skeptical. You know, we we've seen this dating back to the 2020 negotiations where I've said on this podcast before, like anytime you thought, okay, this might be the time where they, they make up some ground. It hasn't happened. And, uh, I'm curious what that looks like, because if it actually does, it's obviously not going to be an agreement Saturday. I expect as Gordon was saying, like spring training being delayed, that announcement comes Saturday or soon after. But if it actually shows that it makes up some ground in the, the wide margins between the league and the union, then I would start feeling a sense of optimism that this is going somewhere. And, you know, honestly, obviously we could still see the season delayed, the regular season two weeks as a result of spring training being delayed and needing four weeks to get that in and never mind ratifying the CBA and finishing the off season. But if they at least show like we're trying to make up some of the ground between us, because a lot of this is just, there hasn't been any moving during this, this between the, the, the gap between them. That could be good news on Saturday, even though it's not an agreement. All right, I'm going to say this. I can't believe I am saying this. Now that we have a what we believe is common ground on the DH, the Cubs should get a deal done with Kyle Schwarber as soon as the flag is raised <laughs> on the season. No. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see it, right? I mean, and, and when we compare him to some of the other hitters that we talk about, should they go get, um, I, I'm, I'm a – Kyle Schwarber guy, but for where they are and what they're trying to do, it doesn't matter whether he's a DH or their left fielder. He's going to cost a lot of money. He's going to, he's going to cost more than they're willing to spend for that player. Who's DH for this team? Everybody. And that's going to be the point in, in this day and age of the DH, even more so than, than in, in, you know, it's been kind of the case for the last 10, 20 years, but even more so than 10, 20 years ago, with guys getting days off, with versatile players on your roster, with more pitchers than hitters on your roster uh, already, even American League teams oftentimes found themselves kind of playing some National League games with their lineups. And so, you know, the, the versatility and moving guys around, and that's what's going to happen with this DH. I really, truly believe you're going to have very few players, probably count them on one hand, that that are – you know, Nelson Cruz DHs, uh, Edgar Martinez type DHs, uh, David Ortiz type DHs, where that's all they do, um, except for the occasional game at first when absolutely necessary. 
uh, you're going to have guys, you're going to use that spot to just rotate guys, uh, get extra guys in the lineup, get mat, play matchups and that kind of thing. I, I really truly believe that's the way it's going to look. Tim, yeah. uh, do you, are you with me that I want a, again, not 162 games, but I want a full, a guy I'm writing in that I know can rake some guy that plays right there. And I don't go, oh, I got Nico Horner DHing today and Madrigal, you're going to DH tomorrow. And, some backup catcher. Who did we sign? Who's the Cubs backup catcher that they signed for thirteen million? John Gomes. Yeah, John <laughs> Gomes. You're going to be the DH. You mean the opening day starter? Yeah. No, I want a DH that I write in there 150 times a year. I'm going to backdoor your your question or backdoor my answer. I guess I think they they could afford to get they could use another power bat in that lineup, right? Like I, I could certainly see that making sense whether it's a dh or not i'll say this though man look at the roster construction as is like you know there's i think nine outfielders on the 40-man roster and two of those are prospects like nelson velasquez but they're they they have some guys already that you could kind of put in as a dh in a way where like we say madrigal is going to play second but he could get spelled in dh some days because he's coming off the, the leg injury Nico Horner is going to get be a guy who moves around. Maybe he plays third a lot of games or some games. And Patrick Wisdom DHs, you know, like Contreras DHs on days to give his legs a rest and Jan Gomes starts. So uh, there's options there. I mean, even like Alfonso Rivas, if he's on the roster, you can DH Frank Swindell and put Rivas at first or vice versa. So like there's a lot of options as is, but I still think beside the point, they could afford to get another power bat to kind of lengthen that lineup. Um, and I'll just say, obviously, what I've said for three months since you need a shortstop too, you know Carlos Correa is still out there. Maybe you, uh, maybe go and get him. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't spend the money on the DH. By the way, we saw the blueprint for this in 2020 with the Cubs. What they do? They had two catchers that could hit, so they they did it. That they they made Victor Caratini and and uh, Wilson Contreras basically a, a catcher DH combo. So as you look at, and that was a team that had Kyle Schwarber. By the way, true. Okay, as you look at the team, there was a report from our friend Bruce Levine, who we all know very well on the Cubs beat, that he's hearing the Cubs have had quote-unquote internal discussions about signing Anthony Rizzo. I pushed back and put out a TikTok <laughs> video. That, yeah, by the way, anybody listening to this needs to go find that TikTok video. It's worth worth looking at. With the music, the theme from Fantasy Island playing in the background <laughs> and said, no. What is this, Fantasy Island? It's not going to happen. The Cubs ripped off the Band-Aid, and the scab came with it, and they are not going back down that road. Is that guy vaccinated? Is he not vaccinated? Is this guy going to do No. They moved those guys for a reason, and yeah. it was not the haul they got back. No shot. Ain't gonna Agreed. Ain't well, they did happen. get a good haul for Rizzo, though. I mean – if we're if we're saying that, I, I might yeah. as well mention that. Like Kevin Alcantara is, he looks pretty good. But as you're saying, that wasn't. There's more to the trades than that, right? Correct. They didn't look. Maybe Kevin Alcantara becomes the next Ken Griffey Jr. I doubt it, but you never know. By the way, does anybody think this would even be a good idea? Consider no. the fact that that Jed in the front office pissed off Rizzo with the offer in spring training. That was essentially it. it was it was a pay cut. It was what five and seventy million or something like that. Correct. Um, he's not going to get that offer this time around on the open market, even probably even close to that. He, he probably won't even. 
he ain't going to get the years unless he in, unless he goes begging for uh, a short AAV on that. So so part of that report was the idea that they're going to come out of the, the lockout and make an offer to him. That doesn't even make sense. You're going to come out. You're going to come out of the lockout and make an offer that's less. Uh, uh, we know you, you already pissed him off once. And then and let's say let's say he takes it before you even know what else is out there. The Yankees will offer him something. Right. And are you going to even offer him? Well, unless the Yankees, the Yankees go get Freddie Freeman. Exactly. Right. And, and, and that's in play. And then the and then the Braves might might pivot to Rizzo on a short term deal. Well, my so, point is, if he says no to seventy million over five, you think he's going to walk back in and go, "I'll take forty for two. Not, not it, not as a first choice coming out of the lockout. He will take that offer if that's the best he has somewhere right. else. He ain't exactly. taking it here. Exactly. And let's say that he takes an offer here. Let's say that his market bottoms out, and the Cubs say, "Hey, look, man, we got a roster spot available to you. We'll make it a guaranteed deal. You can build your value, whatever. Blah blah blah. Come on back." Uh, does anybody think that's a good idea? I don't no, think that's a good idea. Not a good idea. I mean, you got Frank the Tank uh, winning a Rookie of the Month. The only two months he played, he's a he's your first baseman. Yeah, I I love Anthony. It's not a good idea for him, and it's not a good idea for them. Right. I think there would be all kinds of residual, if not hard feelings, at least kind of weirdness to it all that mm-hmm. that wouldn't benefit anybody and would probably detract from the team effort over the course of the season. Well, I have this too. I think like, obviously no one teams and players haven't been able to talk since December 1st at our time, like 10 58 PM central time before the lockout. Right. So it's been months since anyone can even contact these guys. Um, I'll say this though, if we're going to look back on maybe the Cubs had internal discussion, maybe they were far back ago as that on top of that though, there was a report out of the New York media uh, in late October that someone said they talked to a family member of Rizzo's and it said he's quite eager to return return to the Yankees. So I think that's something that we can't just forget. Like maybe the Cubs have had internal discussions or they did months ago. But at the end of the day, if, if, if there's any ounce of truth to that, where he has family on the East Coast, he might want to go back to the Yankees next year uh, who are in a better position to win on top of it. And if the Yankees get someone like Freddie Freeman, then all of a sudden the, the defending champions become an option potentially for Rizzo, who the Atlanta, they they were you know kind of discussing the idea of Rizzo before the lockout from how far apart they are on Freeman uh, with that sixth year that he wants. Hey, by, by the way, internal internal discussions can be something like this. Hey, what do you think about Rizzo? Nah. Next. Right. There's an internal discussion for you right there. Hey, Jed, I'm just looking at the free agent list. Do you want us to look in uh, Rizzo? Nope. Nope. Been there. Done that. Love the guy. Ain't going to happen. Correct. I I can see it coming up. Like maybe there's like a discussion isn't like an internal discussion. Like you're saying, it could be something that they threw around, but that might've been all all it was, as you're both kind of saying, like the top of the organization has no intention of doing this. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, here's another question for you. Major League Baseball right now does not have a drug testing policy because it has expired. Could a player pick whoever you want, John Doe, get on a plane, fly down to Haiti, the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Mexico. I was in the Mexico. Did you say Haiti? I did. Okay. I said, I went through the airport. I think it was Cancun with my wife. And I went into the pharmacia at the airport. And I looked, I said, excuse me, is that prescription only? They said, no, help yourself. I go, what is that on the shelf? Pharmacist walked over. He goes, Big muscles. It was Diana sure. Paul and Winstrel. You could buy it on the shelf. That's so that, the, me, the Mitchell the, report talked about that. A lot of the Southern California players went to uh, Tijuana. Right. So are you telling me that right now you can't talk to your players? Their players can't talk to management. We don't have a doping policy. Huh, I'm going to go down to some third world country, get all juiced up, get myself strong, and then. You can't, and now stop. You can't test me because we didn't have a an agreement. However, they can test you. On, you better, you better, you better nail that cycle exact because everybody's getting tested on the way in and fast. And so, if if there's a sudden agreement now, these guys are privy to where they stand in the negotiations. They're also privy. They also have to ratify. So they, if if I just if I just did a full cycle of steroids. Over the past week, that is, is it in my best interest to ratify this and show up to spring training hey, next can week? You guys, vote on this proposal. Yeah, give me ten days. Yeah, let's uh, let's push this back <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I, I I need a I need an extra seat on the bus in the deal, you know. So so I don't know. I, it would be awfully awfully frigging foolish. However, depending on what happens on Saturday, man, if this thing looks like it's going to be a long time, I I could see, uh, I could see. More than just a few players going out there and, and maybe trying to get an advantage in their training between now and when an agreement gets struck, n- knowing that you know this isn't going to be something they're going to do continuously, but take advantage of the free window. Well, Gordon, correct me if I'm wrong too. Like, let's say in some unforeseen, unlikely scenario, MLB lifts the lockout. The previous CBA terms would then apply it until they negotiate a new deal, right? And then the old. That's my understanding. Yeah. So that would also include the joint drug agreement, right? And they could, in theory, test so long as there wasn't a work stoppage. Like, that's it's not not likely that the lockout's going to get lifted, but there you do run that risk potentially. Well, not only that, but this is probably the least likely time for the lockout to be lifted because as soon as you lift the lockout now without an agreement in place, you you hand all all the weapons in the labor war to the union, which can now set a strike deadline. Okay, I have another question for you guys. So. I'm not an Olympics guy. I know we work for NBC. They're big on it. I'm not an Olympics guy. And then 
I am following along on social media that this 15-year-old skater is going to attempt to do a quad in a figure skating competition. And I click on the video. Okay, that would be cool to see. And she does not one, but two of them. She's 15. She's from Russia. And then last night they announced, yeah, the medal ceremony's delayed. She failed her drug test. Uh, allegedly performance enhancing drugs. I blast the Olympics on the radio this morning and said, <laughs> that's why I don't like the Olympics. Cause I don't trust any one of those SOBs that are competing male or female. And now I'm taking a beating. All right. You're the guy whose favorite sport is baseball and had a doping <laughs> scandal. I'm like, yeah, well that was freaking 15 years ago. I think they have the toughest, the most, intense drug testing policy of any of the four major American sports. And, and again, it does a football after show. They don't have a, they don't have a drug issue. I mean, you don't, by, by the way, did, did, have you been, have you heard uh, from NBC's marketing department yet? I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's probably a Maybe, matter of time. Make sure they don't call. <laughs> I'm not here. Don't answer the phone. So am I wrong? Is baseball have a drug problem that I'm not aware of? Well, look, I mean, it's it's all speculation at this point. They have a drug testing program. That's all we know for sure. But there's always been designer drugs, and the and the and the chemists have always been a step or a half step away from the testers uh, historically uh, for as long as is uh, these things have been rampant in sports. So does baseball have a problem? I'm not going to sit here and say uh that it does i mean it's just but i'm not going to sit here also and be naive to think that there aren't uh uh you know cracks in the system or loopholes that, that people are exploiting so i don't know i don't know the the numbers you know i just saw i was watching mob network uh late night um a week or a week or so ago and they were running some old all-star games from the from the early uh, the late '90s and early 2000s, and I'm here to tell you, I forgot some of the just cartoon numbers that were being put up by everybody. Oh Whole season numbers that we see today were All Star break numbers back then, and not only that, if you just looked at each guy that came up to the plate, it was cartoonish. It was just r ridiculous, um, and uh, so. You know, but people talk about things like HGH harder to detect and, and, and you know, the, the, the performance enhancers don't always have to be these horse steroids that make your muscles look like, you know, came out of Popeye or something. Uh, so it can make you stronger and, 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 and make you uh, uh, recover more quickly if you're a relief pitcher and things like that and, and keep, keep you maybe even uh, keep your muscles uh, healthier and able to perform and things like that. So I don't know what's out there cap. Obviously none of us do, um, but it's not like it was then. I think we can say that confidently. I think that could be an interesting thing, thing though. Like for talking about whether guys could go down and during this lockout and, you know, it's, there's no testing right now. I think that could be an interesting, you know, not almost a byproduct, but, who knows? Like we get into the season. What if guys do do that and then they start testing and they get caught? Like that could be something that we come out of the lockout and could be a storyline. It might not, but I think that that's that looms as possible if there are people who try to exploit this uh, stoppage in that testing protocol and then they don't line up as we said the the timeline properly by the time the lockout does end. 
I like weightlifting. Maybe I should get a player to go with me and we'll go down to Latin America and get all juiced up and lift weights together and do a <laughs> podcast on it. Oh, that's all we need is you on a recap on with Roid Rage. <laughs> that would be very funny. Good God. All right, so before we wrap this up, going into Saturday when they're going to face-to-face negotiate again, and I find it funny there are people on Twitter in our industry, I'm not talking about fans, talking about journalists going, oh, really nice, now they want to negotiate. They went six weeks without any talks. That's not true. There was plenty of behind-the-scenes discussions going on between both sides. Yeah, but and, there wasn't a lot of substance, Cap. Publicized mean, negotiations. But are there wasn't substance all, on core issues. Are either of you optimistic that they're going to make any progress on Saturday? Or, as one agent said to me again over the weekend, I told my guys, see you in June. What do you think, uh, Tim? Well, John Heyman, I'll, I'll throw this out there. He tweeted this. He cited some sources. Uh, this is the Saturday meeting. MLB will make concessions on key economic issues, hoping to trigger more compromising by the union. While owners are expressing optimism, a deal will be struck to keep the season start date as March 31st. The new offer is still thought unlikely to avert a delayed spring training. So I think that goes along with my thinking. Like no one thinks that Saturday is going to uh, strike a deal to save spring training. I mean, spring training, if I'm not mistaken, was it the 16th? That's less than a week. And that goes against that timeline where, uh, by Saturday, you need at least a week to kind of get everything going before you start spring training. So spring training is seemingly going to be delayed, even if they did shockingly get a deal Saturday. But progress, I mean, if if there's any, if, there, if these are true concessions that get closer to what the players are looking for, yeah, I think you could consider that progress. Not enough where a deal would be struck, but we haven't seen to this point really anything where they've moved closer on the big issues where you can say, okay, next time they meet, maybe they'll get on the brink of a deal. Gordon. I think the when when we talk about sports, we always talk about keeping our eye on the ball. And, you know, I don't count hockey. I'm not a hockey guy. So uh, if you're going to keep your eye on the ball in these talks, keep your eye on the luxury tax threshold. If there's not movement on that, and I mean real movement on that, not we'll raise it 1% again, um, then we haven't gotten anywhere. Because every single economic core issue is a threat, has a thread that runs through that because that's the, the pie. That's the revenue pie. And as long as the, that, that salary cap essentially stays in place at an artificially low level, um, then everything else that they give, uh, increased minimum salaries, that comes from an uh, – that comes from somewhere else in the limited pie that the players are afforded because of the luxury tax threshold. So right now it's 210. The players offered 240 something, 245, I think. That seems fair to me. Where revenues have gone in the 10 years since we've had these very slow rises in the, in, in the luxury tax threshold, um, that's minimal to me. They, the uh, Owners have proposed something more along the lines of what they've had in more recent years, which was less than 1% each of the last two years. If they can get over 230, which would be roughly a 10% increase in that, still far below where it should be based on where revenues have gone the last decade. If they can get into the 230s, we've made progress. And if they can agree on something in that range and then have, say, 5% increases at least, from that point forward through the rest of the CBA, I think that we're 
I think that we're talking about substance that can lead to an agreement. But if MLB is going to keep coming in with these crappy little 1% offers at the top of this thing with the luxury tax threshold and then throw out all these other numbers everywhere else, which are irrelevant if the size of the pie doesn't change, uh, then we're not going to get anywhere. Tim, doesn't it sound like he works for the union? Where? Where? You're no, it a- sounds like I know freaking math. <laughs> Just do the freaking math. I'll give you one example, Cap. The last two years, the luxury tax threshold, which is the payroll limit before you hit penalties, rose less than 1%, 0.97%, and I think maybe 0.96%. The last two years, revenues increased. The average major league salary went down. But you know what else happened in that time frame? They added a roster spot, which means that the number of players getting that pool of money rose 4%. Do the math, man. I am Gordon Whitmeyer, NBC Sports, Cubs insider, and union collaborator. Well, look, oh, look yeah. at we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're Mr. Management here. Yeah, you know, you, you might as well wear a management cap. You know, we're, a, I love Rob Manfred. I want to help dude. both sides bridge their differences. Ah, you're, you're in Rickett's pocket, man. Oh, you know my. it. You always have been. Yeah. Look, we're, we all work in sports. I think this is a weird kind of thing. It's not, it's issues that are really important for both sides and we're just covering it. But if, if we're getting, cl- I think where we're getting closer it kind of does apply because, uh, if this is delayed, then we're not, you know, media aren't important, right? We're, we're it's clearly not, but uh, we're affected by this, not in the same ways as both sides are, but it's a kind of it's kind of a weird thing. That's my two cents. <laughs> well, we'll see how this all, which is MLB's up. latest offer. Oh, by the way, Gordon, make sure you get your piece of that marquee streaming deal they're cooking up too. Oh yeah, that'll be that. Yeah. That'll be the day hell freezes over, pal. <laughs> Marquee, Marquee, I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay to stream friggin' Marquee. You gotta be kidding me. Hi, ring the door. Hi, I'm from Marquee, Mrs. Wittenmeyer. Can we sign your household up? Oh, of course, my husband loves that. Oh my God, you, you talk about uh, how fast I can get a divorce lawyer on the phone. Yeah, exactly. No, get us out of here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys have a wonderful. What did you say, Tim? I said, get us out of here, Cap. Yeah, exactly. That's what you said. <laughs> you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Hopefully, we'll get some good news on Saturday. We will find out uh, after they talk. And you guys have a wonderful evening. For Gordon, for Tim, for Tony Gill, I'm David Kaplan. This has been another fun edition of the Cubs Talk Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. We'll talk to you next time. See ya.